You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Our guest on Preaching Source today is Dr. Jeffrey Campbell. Uh, He is a Ph.D. in preaching and pastoral ministry from Southwestern, and he's currently serving as the W.A. Criswell Chair of Expository Preaching and the Dean of Students at Criswell College here in Dallas. So, Jeff, welcome. Well, good. Glad glad to be here. Uh, Let's start by asking what practices can the preacher put in place uh, to help, uh, if you will, to to see his counseling sessions one-on-one and his preaching and pastoring. How how can he he work those two so that they help one another? Yes, yeah, so uh, counseling is basically an extension of the ministry of the Word, in my view. And so I think theologically where most of our listeners will rest is that we believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and so therefore on Sundays when we're preaching, we're preaching the Word of God, so we're seeking to take God's eternal truth and put it into effect in the lives of the hearer. And counseling is much the same, obviously on a one-on-one basis rather than a congregational basis, but you sit down with someone and barring some sort of physiological issue that comes into play, if it's a simple uh, matter of uh, behavioral issue or spiritual issue or relational issues that you're talking through, Uh, the Bible has plenty to say about all those issues. I mean, we do believe in sufficiency. So I think that just getting to the root of the issue, talking about the truth of God's Word, and applying that is very similar to what we're doing in our sermons just in a counseling setting. Hmm. Uh, Can a pastor in counseling sessions, uh, how how does he uh, speak to a person with Scripture that informs that particular person's need? Well, oftentimes people come in and whatever the issue they're dealing with, whatever the symptom of the issue is, isn't always the actual problem. It's kind of, you know, we're not trained to be medical doctors, but it's very similar in the sense that somebody might come in and present with an ache or a pain in some certain area, but really the issue may be somewhat deeper than that. And so all the training we get in seminary uh, helps prepare us for a counseling ministry, but really you have to get in the trenches and talk with people. So I think that If we believe, and I know that you do and I do, that Scripture can speak to the needs of people, uh, we have to define what that need is, get to the actual issue that someone is facing. Uh, Perhaps they think it's just a relational issue, but in reality it might be a deeper spiritual issue. It might be a problem connecting to people. It could be a different number of things. And so allowing the Spirit of God to guide us through that process and then trying to find what the actual root cause of the problem is and then taking God's Word and using Scripture to speak to that. So if it's about connecting, what does the Scripture say about how we connect to others? If it's about uh, relationships, what does the Scripture say about that? If it's a marriage that's on the rocks, what does the Scripture say the husband ought to be doing or the wife ought to be doing or so on and so forth? And so I think it, uh, it's hugely beneficial to have an open Bible in the midst of every counseling session, to just sit there and look through and see what God's Word has to say for whatever's going on in the life of that individual. Hmm. Okay, pastors are charged with the care and cure of souls, and we do that through preaching. We also do that through counseling. 
How does a pastor prioritize those or, or balance those in in the day-to-day life of his ministry? Right. Well, I like the terminology you use, the care and the cure of souls. And so that idea of the cure of souls brings in that idea of a mentor of mine said that as, uh, as we train to be pastors, we train to be soul surgeons, taking the scalpel of the Word of God and trying to minister and heal people in certain instances. So uh, I think that if you are doing a uh, healthy pastoral pulpit ministry. So if you're preaching through books of Scripture, if you believe the Bible is the Word of God and you're seeking to preach the whole counsel of God, that people will know where you stand. And what you're doing from the pulpit is modeling to people the same thing they should do in their own life, which is, if I have a struggle, if I have an issue, if I have a question, what do I do? I go to the Word of God. And so people that are sitting in the congregation that might be having a struggle if they can see you model that, they will go to the Word of God first, and then they will follow up with you uh, for counsel, and they will understand that your sole source of authority to sit with them and say anything in their life that has eternal significance is the Word of God. So I think you balance that out. The more biblical preaching you're doing, most likely the less counseling you'll be doing in the sense that people who think that maybe you would affirm them in a certain course of action that is contrary to Scripture, they will know that, well, there's no use in me going to Jeff about that issue. I know what he's going to tell me. He's just going to tell me what the Bible tells me. And if that be what they say, uh, I think that's a pretty good assessment, and I think that would be a good thing for somebody to say. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Every pastor's experienced this. Somebody comes to see you. Their uh, presenting problem, I think, is what counselors call it the presenting problem it, that's their their immediate problem they're there because they're ready to get a divorce or they're struggling with some addiction uh, and that's what looms large for them uh, as a, a pastoral counselor how how do you eventually get that person to begin to think through uh, the biblical doctrine or the theology that needs to change in their minds with with respect not just to that immediate problem our presenting problem but but what needs to change in their view of God and view of scripture and view of theology as a whole well absolutely when you sit down with somebody I'm I'm going to sound maybe like a broken record over and over again but I think it all goes back to the authority of the word of God uh, I understand that you know when I was going through seminary we looked at a different bunch of different ways that psychologists approach the problems uh, that people manifest through counseling and things like that. But, you know, if you've got a biblical view of anthropology and you understand the fallen nature of man and you understand how we struggle uh, to be obedient, even though we are being renewed, that is not complete in our life, the first thing you need to do is sit down with somebody and accurately assess the problem. What's, what's the real issue? If, the, if it's the marriage falling apart, what is the cause of the marriage falling apart? Did, did you not do the hard work up front? Did you not spend time getting to know one another? Was there, were you too quick to move forward? Uh, is there something going on today that can be changed? And the sad thing, Dr. McCarty, is that oftentimes people come to you when it's too late. I guess that's the saddest thing I've found in my counseling ministry is Oftentimes, people come to you when they've already made the decision to get the divorce. When that, was, it's, uh, that was one of the most frustrating things to me in pastoral ministry is, yeah. I wish you'd called me sooner. Right. It's, it's hard to walk it back. You know, it would be much better if somebody 
goes to their pastor when they see the problem beginning to present itself. And so before things are said that can't be taken back, before uh, bridges are burnt that can't be rebuilt, those types of things. And so, but you can walk it back if you're willing to simply stop and say, I'm going to look at this the way God looks at this. I'm going to assess this the way God assesses this. And then I'm going to seek to be obedient in the midst of it the way God would have me be obedient. And so many counseling sessions come about because of relational issues. And let's just continue with this idea of the husband and wife. You know, when you jump in Ephesians 5 and you see what Paul's saying about husbands and wives and how they ought to interact, God's got a plan and a purpose in marriage. And what I'm fond of saying to people is God's plan works as long as everybody works God's plan. So, but you can only be responsible for you. I can only be responsible for me. So as a husband in a marriage, I can only do what God's called me to do. I can't call my wife to do what God's called her to do. God has to call her to do that. I can encourage her in that, but I can only be responsible for me. So start with the one that you can have control over, which is yourself, repent, be obedient, and then continue to pursue. But it's all going to come from the word of God. Jeff, uh, I've known conservative Christian pastors who would never quote Harry Emerson Fosdick on other issues, but I've I've heard them say, uh, quote uh, Fosdick, that preaching was simply counseling done in a group setting. I mean, is there a sense in which that's true, or is that a false idea? No, I think as long as so, to take what uh, Dr. Fosdick said and to allow us to frame what the vocabulary is, because oftentimes we use the same words but with different meanings. And so uh, Harry Emerson Fosdick would have a whole different idea of, number one, what preaching is, and number two, what counseling is. And he would actually probably reverse engineer it and say that uh, preaching ought to be counseling (laughs) from a psychological perspective done from the pulpit, whereas we would go opposite. We would say, we need to get in the pulpit. We need to preach the Word of God as our authority. We need to derive our authority from that and tell people that it is the Word of God that can change your life. And then when we have those opportunities in a one-on-one situation to counsel with people, we ought to come from the same point of authority. We ought to have the same open Bible on the counseling table as we do on our lectern when we preach. We ought to tell people the same things. Uh, there ought to be no difference in the counseling session from the pulpit uh, so if we're if we have a unified message based in the Word of God, I think that the statement is true. It is counseling done on a group scale because, like I said before, if you're pastoring a church and you're preaching the Word of God, and some some guy in the church is struggling with whether or not he should or shouldn't leave his wife to go do something else with somebody else, he's going to say, "Well, I, I know what Barry's going to say. He's going to tell me that I've committed to her for a lifetime," and so. If he's not broken by that, what are you going to tell him in counseling that's going to be any different? You're going to sit down with him. You're going to say, hey, you need to reevaluate this and, and commit. You're going to keep the same message. So either he'll respond to the preaching, he'll respond to the counseling, may not respond to either. Jeff, uh, at Southwestern Seminary and Criswell College, uh, we we are kindred spirits in many senses, and one of them is that uh, we teach pastoral counseling uh, informed by biblical guidance model. That that we're in the business of giving biblical guidance to people. What do you? How do you uh, uh, handle people's expectations if you have folks in your congregation who might not understand that you're 
counseling model is biblical guidance, and they might have more of a secular therapeutic model in mind. How, how do you manage those expectations when people come to you? Uh, simply sitting down and telling them that, you know, we're going we're gonna to open the Word. We're going to talk through what God says about the issues. Letting them know that at whatever level you think you are aware, that you're aware of some of these other ideas that are at play out there. And I would just encourage pastors, and I would also give a caution to pastors that listen to this podcast that, you know, your people do have that expectation to sit down. They think you're going to take them through whatever it is, 20 different steps to do whatever they want to get done. Sometimes they're going to sit down and what they really want is they want affirmation. They want you to say, hey, it's okay that you are doing what you're doing because you're feeling what you're feeling. But if you stick with the authority of the word, uh, at least they have the opportunity to make a change that is transformational. Uh, The word is the catalyst for the change in the life of the believer. So methodology always comes from theology. And so when you look at methodology of counseling, different whether you're Freudian or Rogerian or whoever you are, that methodology comes from a certain theology. Now, they might not call it theology, but their belief of uh, who man is and what constitutes man and how to fix the problems we have. And so you need to be sure your anthropology comes into play and you understand that the primary challenge facing everybody as they live in this world is, number one, the world is broken, and number two, they are broken in the midst of it, and they're in the process of being redeemed. And so keep your anthropology straight, keep your Bible open, and just keep sharing the truth of God's Word with people. And sometimes it's just as simple as just move past and uh, be obedient and trust God. And so sometimes those answers aren't sufficient for people, but that doesn't make them less right. Our guest today has been Dr. Jeffrey Campbell, a professor of preaching and dean of students at Criswell College. Jeff, thanks so much for being with us on Preaching Source. Thank you for having me.